0: Good morning, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I added that deliberately. We often start services by saying, good morning. I went to a prize giving at Persia High School. And a guy there started his address by saying, hello, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I realised how that's the basis that we're meeting on. that had a big impact on a number of the people in that room, about 500 people in that room. We're meeting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This service is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's love, we're only here because of God's love shown us through the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a wonderful day and it's a wonderful time to say good morning in the name of the Lord. Okay, we're going to um, have a responsive reading now. If you could cue it up, Nathan. Um, straight reading from the Bible. If I, I can ask you to read. The the bits in green, I'll uh, get through the bits in, in yellow, and you'll recognise this as part of Matthew five, the Beatitudes. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. For for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we meet in the name of the Lord. Let's sing in the name of the Lord now. My Jesus, my Saviour. Lord his name. me Father, we thank you that we can come here to meet in your name and we acknowledge straight away that we're not coming here um, because we're great um, because there's anything wonderful in us. We're here because you are great um, because there's something wonderful in you you kicked off the world you were here and you started things before we ever got here Um, mankind messed it up but you've made a way for us to come back to you. So we just acknowledge before you now our sins, the fact that we, we do things wrong, we do things that we shouldn't do. But Father, the words thanks don't cover it. We also acknowledge your forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. You did what he did for us. And we thank you that we can come here and worship you in spirit and truth because of the cleansing that he offers, not just to the people inside this room, but the people outside too. So, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we can meet in your name. Amen. Okay, yeah, you queue up for them? I was thinking of a way to get you thinking how precious. Um, how precious the salvation that we have is. How precious the, the opportunity we have not just to meet, but to live in Jesus Christ and to live in the knowledge of the Lord. And I've got a couple of video clips, both from the same film. I quite like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I hope you do. That's a sort of a hint. Have a, have a look and have a think.
1: UCA, Veruca Stoltz. As
2: soon as my little Veruca told me she had to have one of these golden tickets I started buying up all the Wonka bars I could lay my hands on. Thousands of them. Hundreds of thousands. And in a nut business, you see, so I say my work... Morning, ladies. From now on, you can stop shelling peanuts and start shelling the wrappers off these chocolate bars instead. The days went by and we had no luck. It was terrible. My little group got more and more upset each day. Where's my golden ticket? I
1: want MY GOLDEN ticket.
2: Well, gentlemen, I just hated to see my little girl feeling unhappy like that. I thought I would keep up the search until I could give her what she wanted. Finally, I found her a
0: About an opportunity to visit a chocolate factory for one day. And that's how that girl, or rather her dad, went about finding those tickets. Just a few tickets in chocolate bars. You've probably all seen the film. Um, It's fiction. But think about it. That's the effort that someone went for, you know, in fiction, to go to a chocolate factory for one day. Um, The golden ticket we have is eternal life with Christ now, not sort of pie in the sky when you die. I'm just going to remind you of something I think Mark mentioned in, in you know, a sermon about a month ago. C.S. Lewis, a quote from C.S. Lewis, that said something like, um, well, Christianity can't just be moderately important, can it? It's either the biggest hoax of all time, and um, you know, there's a film on a book out there at the moment that's, that's, that's saying that, and either that film is true, that Christianity is a hoax, or it's the truth, and if it's the truth, it's the most important thing that there could be. But one thing it can't be is just something that's a bit lukewarm, a bit iffy, a bit okay. Yeah? The fact that Jesus died and rose again—that we celebrate every Easter—if Jesus, did, that can't be half true. If he didn't rise again, then frankly, that's what Christianity's built on, and that's all gibberish. And we're wasting our time. Um, apart from singing, and you know, we may as well be out there singing in a football crowd or something. Um, perhaps that wasn't the best uh, comparison <laughs> to make. Christianity can't be half true. The resurrection can't be half true. I'm not saying that all of us, on all of, you know, all of us, including me, have to be certain about that. What I am saying is the golden ticket's out there, and I believe that through um, through through God reaching into our lives, He doesn't leave it to random chance like Willy Wonka. Anyway, there's another clip here. Let's have a look at this. This is how Charlie finds his ticket. I found the last building to Yes, it's was in the paper
1: this morning. Good boy. Come on, Jack. <laughs> Thank you.
3: fifty dollars and a new bicycle. Are you
2: crazy? I'd give him five hundred dollars for that ticket. You wanna sell your
3: ticket for five hundred dollars, young man? That's enough of that. Leave the kid alone.
1: don't let anyone happen. Take it straight home, you understand? Know
0: talking about a trip around a chocolate factory and it's only a film. But think about what it says to to us. Think about what it it speaks to us about, about the gift that we've been given. Charlie, actually his grandfather, who says, yee at the end, I'd already given Charlie all the money he got to buy one chocolate bar to look. So Charlie had given up and then just finds that money in the street. We didn't find what we've got in the street. We found what we have through what Jesus did for us. It wasn't random chance, like finding some money on on, on, in the street. So uh, that golden golden ticket was just about a film. But if you want, and it's fiction, um, if you want the truth, um, there it is. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And God didn't send His Son to the world to condemn the world but to set us free. So that's our golden ticket. It's not the one that we found by chance. It's not one that we forged. It's not one that we got someone to dig up. Or all, the, all those things would be worth it because the gift of life in Jesus is worth everything in the world. But it's one that Jesus gave us. It's one that God gave us and sent Jesus here to bring. And Alison's going to share some parables from Matthew with us.
2: The reading is taken from Matthew 13, verses 44 to 52. If you've got a few Bibles, it's page 21. The kingdom of heaven is like this. A man happens to find a treasure hidden in a field. He covers it up again. And is so happy that he goes and sells everything he has and then goes back and buys that field. Also, the kingdom of heaven is like this. A man is looking for fine pearls and when he finds one that is unusually fine he goes and sells everything he has and buys that pearl. Also the kingdom of heaven is like this. Some fishermen throw their net out in the lake and catch all kinds of fish. When the net is full they pull it ashore and sit down to divide the fish. The good ones go into their buckets. The worthless ones are thrown away. It will be like this at the end of the age. The angels will go out and gather up the evil people away from the good and will throw them into the fiery furnace where they will cry and grind their teeth. Do you understand these things? Jesus asked them. Yes, they answered. So he replied, this means then that every teacher of the law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house Who takes new and old things out of his storeroom?
3: Richard. Morning, everyone. How are we all? Isn't it great to be together again? Any any visitors here this morning? Anyone holidaying in the area? No, no. Any visitors? Very welcome. Any newcomers? Very welcome. Um, something that uh, before we start that was picked up from the last AGM was the subject of prayer I'm afraid it's, it's one, of my, one of my things I'm afraid um, but someone had I think it was Anne had a very good suggestion of actually identifying prayer issues week by week and I think there are um, something that would be really good for us all to pray for um, is the, the youth holiday club okay. um, that Lucy and others are, others are organising please pray for them and also pray for the children that will be going to it that's, that's very important. Okay, um, Pete, you may or may not know, uh, Pete Everett, um, who was speaking briefly last week, I think it was, uh, is actually on his way to the States at the moment. He, he's part of a, a group that's, I think, going to the White House. Or I think there's a guy called Bush there or something. I don't know. might be meeting him. Is he, is he actually meeting him? I don't
0: know. He's actually meeting him. Not actually meeting
3: him. him. Oh, it's George Bush's failure, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's a yeah. people who, to
0: yeah. Yeah, be the idea, yeah. perhaps, perhaps George Bush is worrying about Yes. Yes. They must have
3: some wisdom, wouldn't they, really? Sorry. (laughs) Um, So let's pray for Pete because it's a great opportunity um, both to go but also actually to mix with other kids as well. So let's let's pray for him during the week. Good, and let's uh, open in prayer. Father, thank you for your great goodness to us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you, our greatest strength. Father, is that of ourselves we can do nothing. And your hand is open, your heart is open towards us, just a share of your goodness, your goodness today and day by day. Amen. As you may or may not be aware, um, I think Mark is going to be starting a series on the spiritual disciplines. Okay, so um, whether it's starting immediately or shortly. So I'm sure he will be leading us in terms of sort of 40 days of prayer and fasting, that sort of thing, you know, just to sort of get us used to it. Um, But I thought this morning, what came to mind was poverty, and I thought this would really bless you, Um, but not in quite the way that you might think, okay? But the scripture that came to mind was, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it struck me in my own life, because that's when you're doing a talk, that's where you tend to start, which is why it's really uncomfortable giving talks. Um, is what is my experience of the kingdom of heaven? And I thought, well, let's, let's explore that a bit. Let's explore that a bit. And I started by just looking, looking at that phrase, looking at that verse Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay? I thought, well, what are the key words there? Are they blessed? Are they poor? Like you of Heaven, they seem to me to be the main words. But it struck me actually that probably the key words within that are are and is. Because we so often think, ah, oh, the kingdom of heaven is something out there somewhere which we will ultimately, when we die, get to. Well, you know, it's easy to have that perception, isn't it? But it also struck me that isn't actually what that scripture is saying. Jesus says, blessed are, here and now, the poor in spirit, for there is is, here and now, the kingdom of heaven. So I thought, well, let's explore that a bit further alright, and, and in, in Luke seventeen twenty-one, 21, uh, he's speaking of the title, he says, neither shall they say lo here or lo there is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is within you so we were dealing with something that had to do with poverty yeah, poverty of spirit but at the same time something that had a reality about it, which had to do with the kingdom of heaven And so I went through in my own mind, what are the characteristics of the Kingdom of Heaven? Because in a sense, in a very real sense, as Christians, we all enjoy the fullness of the Kingdom of Heaven now. Don't we? Yeah? Not very many convincing responses here, but uh, let's go through some of the great things, the great things that we enjoy about being Christians. Okay? Fantastic. All right? Let's start with salvation. Salvation. Because after salvation comes the Lordship of Christ. If there's a kingdom, there is a king. Okay? So we have a king, we have a lord, we have a god, we have a monarch, who we obey absolutely every day, under every situation and all circumstances. Yes? Okay, moving on. Right. Salvation, yes, salvation, and baptism. Recommended to everyone. Fantastic. Had a great baptism last week. What was it week four? Last week. It's been a long week. <laughs> it was great, wasn't it? But salvation, as Andy was this morning, that great step that we all take to come to know Christ is the beginning. And if there's anyone here who hasn't yet, you're missing out. It's fantastic. fantastic. Okay? Personal relationship with God. He says, my sheep know my voice. In other words, the relationship has to do with communication of, with God. And we all you know, have day-to-day intimate relationship with him. Talks to us, listens to us. It says, I say, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We're part, we become part of a family of believers. We're adopted into the family. Look around. This is your family. Okay, right? (laughs) But seriously, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a key reality in our lives. It gives us the power. It gives us the strength. As Christians, you can have a car. All right? or you can be like a car but until the fuel is in the tank you can say it's the best car in the world, it's the new Cadillac it's the new whatever it is Morgan, in my dreams but without fuel you're not going to get anywhere we need the power of the Holy Spirit and the Lord says you know, or well John said I baptise you with water for repentance but after me will come one who is more powerful than I and he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire We have access to the power of God to help us live our lives. And Jesus himself said, didn't he, that, you know, I'm going, but I will send another to you, the counsellor, and he will lead you into all truth. We have the fruit of the Spirit. You know, and day by day we enjoy love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Except when I'm driving. It escapes me. So there again we have this wealth of opportunity, wealth of experience that is part of the kingdom of God, And I looked at my own life and perhaps it wasn't quite there again the other day. You know? The gifts of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we had a a gifts ministry, didn't we? Um, The sort of open day fair. And we all signed up to things that were interested. But look at the gifts. Aren't they fantastic? You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, we can share words of wisdom with one another. Words of knowledge. Gift of faith. Healing. Uh, working miracles, prophecy, discerning spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Fantastic. That is part of the everyday Christian experience that we're called to. Jesus himself said, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name you will cast out demons. You will speak in new tongues. You will pick up snakes in their hands. You'll eat deadly poison. It won't kill you. You'll place your hands on sick people and they will get well. Normal Christian experience. Fantastic. They're the ministries of apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists to help us. Wonderful. We have purpose and direction. The Lord says, I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. You come to know Christ, there is purpose and direction. And we have his precious and very great promises. And all these things are part of our everyday Christian experience. For those who are poor in spirit because Jesus has said, for those who are poor in spirit there is, you have now, the kingdom of God and I had to look at my own life and I thought, well, touching bits here and there maybe but can I honestly say that is part of my everyday experience I would have to probably be honest with you and say maybe not and I suspect, you know, if we're honest with one another, we will all enjoy parts of that, absolutely, but maybe not all of it. You know, some, 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 some others, you know. And I thought, well, what a challenge, but what, what is the key? Because, excuse me, Jesus says, those who are poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't lie, he isn't kidding us, he isn't conning, he said it, therefore we can believe it, it's true. Therefore, we need to perhaps understand where he's come from. Because the danger is that we get so caught up in the kingdom of the world and the values of the world that we lose sight of what he wants to offer us, what he has for us. It's second best. And he didn't die on the cross to give us second best. You know, we're his children, he wants to give us it all. So, what value do we put on it? I mean, the first question I had to ask myself, and perhaps I'll share, is, is, is what value do we put on that pearl of great price? What value do we put on a life that manifests itself in those ways? Does it matter? Does it matter, for example, that if someone who doesn't know Christ wants to know Christ and we're not sensitive to God and therefore we don't speak to them and they don't come to know Christ? Does that matter? Does it matter if someone is sick and instead of just sending them a hope you get well card and you know, when we could pray for them and they could get better and improve does it matter if we don't naturally think along those lines? Does it matter if we're in an impossible situation and we forget God's promise where he says with me nothing's impossible, with God nothing's impossible because we forget to bring that impossible situation to him for him to be involved in? Does it matter? Does it matter if we're sort of a bit joyous sometimes on the edges, but joy, no, isn't a real part of our lives? Does it matter if we could share love with people, but if, like me, you're a bit selfish and we don't? Does it matter if I blow shoes when I'm driving? It matters. It matters. It matters. Because Jesus says to us all, I came that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. That's what he wants for us. This is why this is the good news. It's not just the salvation that's the good news and eternal life. It's the eternal life now that starts. That all these things he wants for us. And I believe everyone here wants that. Wants that. I really do. Otherwise, why start a journey with no hope of getting there? You know, it doesn't make sense, does it and, and what are the things that can get in the way? And believe me, these, these are normal things. You know, The cares of this world. You know, the deceitfulness of riches. The pleasures of life. Yet the parable, you know, the excuses that were made when the banquet was set. You know, if you know, I bought a cow and I need to go look at it. Well, most people look at cows before they buy them. You know, I've just spent £10,000 on a new car. I'm not quite sure what it looks like. So I need to go and look at it to make sure it's money well spent. No? Don't think so. Um, I've just married a wife... I've got the trunk underneath know what she looks like? Is that no, that's not the one, is it? No. But excuses, excuses. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. There's things I could have done over the last six months, but no gosh, I've really got to do that today. I've got to cut the grass. Okay? And it's so easy, isn't it, for the pressures of life. Love of riches, priorities, you know. But sometimes it could be things like hurts, fears and anxieties that stop us. And these are real. These are real, you know. Because in a sense, as we throw ourselves on God's care, sometimes we we can't take hold of that love of his care because we've been hurt. This is real, I'm not not kidding about this. Things like that can stop us moving forward in Christ. Sin. you know We all sin, but sin can close down the doors of God. Unforgiveness of others. We have all been hurt. Are we hanging on to that unforgiveness? These are all, in a sense, important issues, and they are things that do need to be addressed. But I don't think they, of themselves, are the reason why we don't necessarily all come to enjoy more of the kingdom of God. They are reasons. Okay? You know, and, and in your groups and in your prayers, these things will come up, and it's good to pray for them. All right, it really is. Okay. But what struck me was that. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments and my commandments are not burdensome. In other words, he wasn't saying, if you love me, you would obey my commands. It's very easy to hear it that way, isn't it? Because he's saying, if you're poor in spirit, you will enjoy the kingdom of Christ. His other promise says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Now, if we're living in the kingdom, we're obeying his commands. He says, if you love me, you would obey my commands. Yeah? Yeah? Well, the problem is never obvious mine. I, I don't love God enough. right? I'm going to try and love him harder. And you think, well, no, but he also says my commands are not burdensome. And so when, when he says if you love me, you will obey my commands, I think he's saying if you love me, you won't be able to help it. You won't be able to You'll be so full of that love that you'll automatically long to fulfill my commands and Fulfilling my commands will bring experience of God's kingdom. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Okay? So if the key there is that if we love him, we will obey his commands, then where does that love come from? It clearly isn't effort. Because we know that nothing we do of our own effort has of any value in the kingdom. Okay? We're saved by grace. But the key appears to be God's love. If you love me, you will automatically. So what struck me really was that in saying, "Well, the poor in spirit enjoy the kingdom," it's first an awareness of all of, of that poverty, but also to realise that the key to obeying God and living in the kingdom is love. But to realise on top of that that God is love, that. We love him because he first loved us and that we experience his love. And, as Paul says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that he has given us. In other words, we cannot find within ourselves the strength or the power or the might or the ability to live in God's kingdom. That it is a response to our love for God. But also that that love for God itself is a gift of the Holy Spirit and so if like me you're in a situation to say well yeah I I experienced something of the kingdom and that's fantastic but I want more then the key isn't effort the key isn't I'm going to try harder the key isn't for me to stand up and rant and rave and say why aren't you doing it the key is to say well Lord I need your love in my heart by the Holy Spirit And so, in a sense, the message of this morning is that we do accept, you know, our weakness, but we also accept the fact that the answer, the answer does not lie within us, but it does lie within the Holy Spirit, and it does lie within the gift of God to give us that love. Okay? It's achievable. <clears throat> not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's a bit like when we're saved, isn't it? We cannot attain salvation ourselves. We can only attain salvation as a gift from God, which we receive. Okay. It's the same truth with the love of God. That we need to go to him, and we need to say, well, Lord, yes, I need your love, because I need to be able to respond to you in a way that allows me to live within the kingdom of God. And all those things will then follow. I and mean, he says, you know, as we read, you know, the things you know, that follow, that, uh, you know, these things will follow those that believe you'll do more miracles than him. And it's easy to concentrate on the miracles, isn't it? But I think today our challenge is to concentrate on where does that, what's the kernel? Where does that start from? Where does that come from? <coughs> It comes from the love of God in our hearts. And then we had a dilemma,
2: don't we?
3: Warm him. And the dilemma is, what is the risk to our lives of living out of the kingdom of God? It's a great risk. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, and this is what concerns us a little, isn't it? The Holy Spirit might start asking us to do things we wouldn't actually want to do. You know, pray for the sick. Difficult one. They might not be healed. Well, that's, not our, that's not our responsibility. We don't heal them. God heals them. You know, show an act of kindness to a neighbor. That's incredibly inconvenient. Mm. Difficult because it's inconvenient. Yeah. And so, in a sense, the challenge. Is are we happy individually, and as a fellowship, as a family of Christ? Yeah, you know, we're going through a transition at the moment. Sorry about this; I'm getting rather warm here. Um, a transition at the moment. You know, do we want to move forward in that way, so that more and more, over coming weeks, months, years, we express more of God's kingdom? Yeah. Or do we want to stay where we're at? thought, isn't it? See, the nice thing about not being the minister here is I can say everything because we're brothers and sisters together. I can stand here and I can challenge you because I challenge me. And we're on a journey together. That's great, isn't it? And at times you will challenge me. But it's an interesting thought, isn't it? Where do we want this church to go? comfortable, fantastic Sunday mornings, incredibly busy doing good things. Yes, we'll to all those. But do we also want to start seeing people say more people say it, more people coming, sort of ministries being expressed. And, and we're, on, we're all on a learning path together. I think we do. I think the way the church went through the last interregnum, you know, it's fantastic. I mean, it shows incredible core character Love for God. It really does. The key is, in our hearts, we have to decide that's what we want. I want it for myself. You know, we have to say, and I I want it for our fellowship, our believers. Because it's going to affect us all. And I want it for my life as well. I don't want my life to be wasted. See? So that's the first thing. The second thing then is we need to invite the Holy Spirit (coughs) quietly as he is, graciously as he is, to say, well, come, yes, Lord, I do need to experience God's love in my life in a new way. Because at the moment, everything I'm doing, a lot of what I'm doing, I do out of effort, I do out of goodwill, I do with the best intentions. But how much am I actually doing it out of that, which is is good, it takes us so far, and out of a love for God in our heart, and I think, he says, my commands are not burdensome. They're not <coughs> burdensome. You know, I came that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. So what I'd like to do, I think this is important, okay. What I'd like to just spend some time of quiet, alright, for you to sit with God and think about it, alright. And perhaps, perhaps we can have some music while it happens and some, perhaps some singing a little later because I, it's very easy I mean I've done it hundreds of times to come to a service, hear a great service think oh that was nice, that was interesting and off we go, Sunday lunch but I think to have time set aside where we can say actually no Lord you know, this, is, this is important I want an opportunity to respond if we don't that's fine you know? that, that isn't a problem you know? this is an individual thing with us but it does affect us all and it will affect how much God can do through us all in in the the town in our groups Okay, so I think I would invite us all to think about that now the other thing that's going to happen is it's going to be risky in the sense that a lot of the reason why we don't love God is not because he doesn't love us but because of life's experiences sometimes it is hard Sometimes we've been hurt. Sometimes we've been in situations that are difficult. You know, sometimes people have let us down. And we say, well, I don't know whether I can really risk myself again to get hurt. You know. And that's a real thing as well. That is a real thing as well. Yet the Lord says, you're dealing with Jesus, the Lord says, you know that He loves us. He will care for us. He will look after us. He will not abuse that trust. So perhaps, perhaps as, as we just play, let's just close our eyes and let's let's just just have some moments with us and God. Because this is it's fantastic to share with you, but this is about us and God at the end of the day. So let's just spend some quiet meditating. And He may well, He may well bring things to mind. He would invite you to give them into God's, into His hands. Came. Okay. that I think the Lord was inviting us to explore with him just in the privacy of our own hearts it's not intrusive is that, that fundamental question
1: Lord, I'm your child
3: I'm your son, I'm your daughter I want everything he's not going to force us he leads us, he leads his sheep as a shepherd leads he doesn't drive sheep, he leads sheep there will be issues that are in our lives that he is going to start talking to you about be it here, be it in the future and this is just a start and he won't force himself to change us but he invites us to give him permission to bring those things to light and to change us. For some of us, it will be things we do wrong, attitudes, prejudices, for others it will be hurts and pains. For others, who have perhaps known Christ many, many years, we may think we have it all. And he may say, well, actually you don't. And there's going to be a process, it's going to be a challenging process, but it will be a process. All he saying to us this morning is, Are you willing? Are you willing? And then to ask him, Yes, Lord, I am willing. Please touch me with your love. Please fill my heart with your love. Please shed abroad in my heart your love by the Holy Spirit. And if you'll open that door, if we will invite him in, to do that in accordance with his word in the context of his love he will do it and you will see changes and we will see changes in our lives over coming days and as we just continue perhaps we might, it's lucy to come and sing and let's just continue for a few moments as, as we enjoy the music and if he starts speaking to you, that's great. I'm either join in or sit quietly and with the Lord, whichever you prefer. anyone would like prayer for anything, do make yourselves known at the end of the service. There are people who can pray with you. If there's anything come to mind that you'd like prayer for, but do let God work in our lives. You know, there's, there's nothing he doesn't want to do, there's nothing he can't do, and he wants to do it here but over the coming weeks and months. Let's just open that door for him. Father, we want to bless you and praise you for your greatness. We want to bless you you for your love, for your goodness. We want to bless you that you're our Lord, our loving Father. And Father, as we commit ourselves into your care, we do pray, we ask that you would indeed fill our lives with your love, fill our lives with your spirit. Lord, that we may come into all of the kingdom of God. Lord, we acknowledge that of ourselves we are poor in spirit, but we celebrate and rejoice in that, Lord, because gives us access to your riches, to your strength, to your kingdom. So Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. Amen.
0: Father, thank you for reaching out and touching us today. Father, thank you for your love to us, love that brought us here today, that brought us to this point. We started our service by uh, greeting each other in the name of the Lord, and let's end this service by, by singing well, it's quite an old hymn, but quite a, a, a truth that's lasted since before time began—the um, truth of the love, the deep love that Jesus has for us. So let's sing: "Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean, in its fullness, over me." Let's stand to sing. him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the one and only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and evermore. Amen.